Spawnerly is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. Yo, what up, what up, what up, everybody? This is the Spawn of Me podcast with your host, Khalif Adams. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. I hope you're all doing extremely well out there. I hope you're doing amazingly well out in the world. I hope you're having a wonderful time. Hope you have a great weekend. I'm here rocking with you as per usual on the Spawn on Me podcast. It has been a really interesting week for me. It has been a really interesting week for games. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of those things today on our show. And we have a really fantastic interview with a young man that you all need to meet and to to absorb and and have into your lives. Uh, I was super, super excited to meet him um and and thought it was really really cool to be able to get him on the show uh and talk about all the wonderful things that he is doing in the video game space i just got back from dice uh the dice awards and the dice award show a dice conference uh a couple days ago uh, and it was a blast it was so much fun to be able to hang out with some of my favorite people on the planet peers and folks who i just met and new people and and all those things you know on our journey to not only continue to talk about what the work that we're doing here on spawn on me but to also you know bridge some gaps there from uh you know financial perspective uh sponsorship perspective for spawnies that coming up next year and all those things and i think for the most part it was a fairly successful trip it is a you know conference that you go to to network it's a conference you go to to go um talk about what you do and and, and again to kind of see some of the people in the space and uh, you know, connect the dots with people. I think a lot of times people may know you, but they haven't gotten FaceTime with you or they haven't gotten the ability to kind of um, meet with you and talk to you about the work that you're trying to do in a space. So it was really cool to see so many people. I got to hang out with the fam, uh, Andrea, uh, Renee, Paris, Lily, and, 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 and Danny and Ree. Uh, and you get to see so many other folks in the space and, and hang out with them and, and, and do some fun, some fun work for a couple of days. Vegas is always fun and always wild. Um, I, I played it pretty cool for most of the time that I was there in Vegas this year. Uh, didn't do too much weird stuff and, and didn't freak out and do didn't didn't go get my White Castles run like I usually do. Uh, I was a good human being and didn't do that. <laughs> but... It was great. It was so much fun. Uh, I love going to Dice. It is a, a place where you really get to remember just how big this industry is in terms of what it makes in terms of money, but then also just how small it is in terms of the connective tissue of how many people are there and, and, and the relationships you've built and all the people that you kind of see around. Uh, it winds up making that industry feel extremely small, but you're always meeting new, wonderful people who are in that conversation. I had a dinner with the head of Exola, which was a wild conversation. It was super fun. Uh, met a bunch of folks, have a really good interview with the head of Games for Change, Susanna Pollock, uh, that we're going to hold until we're ready to, to release that. But I had a great interview with her. Um, really cool stuff in the mix for, excuse me, Spawn and Me coming up and is really happy about some of the content that we were able to get and some of the conversations we were able to have, which was 
a lot of fun and was really really cool so massive shout out to my friends over at dice uh, again letting me come to the conference and absorbing all that good energy um and we'll have some more folks without the year that we're going to talk to and pull in for some of those conversations in a real way so real hyped about that and very excited for all of those things for sure um, this episode is going to be real fun. We're going to talk a little bit about some of those things that we got a chance to see and I'm playing. Uh, but first, we're going to get into this really fantastic interview with this young man. Um, his name is Travis Smith. Uh, he is, you know, one of the conversations we have on Spawn on Me, I think is really important, is we want to see the space get bigger, the space grow. And I think, you know, our footprint as black and brown folks in the space, we're still trying to figure out good ways to find where those things connect and how how they touch each other. Um, and this young brother came up and he's a friend of a friend. Um, uh, and he was like, hey, I'm doing this really fun thing in the esports space. And, you know, I'm a young young kid who, who, who's, who owns an esports team and I'm running an esports team. I'd love to get on Spawn to me and talk about it. So uh, we brought him on to the show uh, to talk about all of those conversations. We're going to play that in a second, but really dig into, you know, he's young. He hasn't really been in, in the space that 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 often or is he's kind of now just getting his feet planted into the space. So really brilliant kid. Uh, really excited to, to have and share the conversation that we had with him. Uh, and let's just jump into it and let you rock with Travis and, and hear all the good things about the TBC that he is running. So we're going to play that and then we're going to run to a break. And then we'll right after the break, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the stuff I've been playing and some of the goodies that I've been able to get my hands into for this part of the year. So check out this interview. And here's Travis. So excited to hang out with our guest tonight. You know, one of the conversations we have here on Spawn on Me is always around and about finding dope folks who are thinking about and, and figuring out good ways to make our spaces better, to, to figure out good ways to incorporate, you know, all of us into the conversation when it comes to black folk, POC folks, uh, folks from underrepresented communities. And especially in the esports space, we find that that is a conversation that doesn't involve us a lot, but we are a huge proponent of game playing and, and a lot of folks who are in the space who are contributing to that with our work and with our efforts and with our play and i'm super excited to have this young brother on the show with us tonight because you know when we talk about folks who are the future of the space i think of folks like this coming to us and hanging out with us tonight we have travis smith who is the founder and i believe owner of the tbc esports team yeah. travis smith so excited to have you on with us how are you doing tonight um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just got out of rehearsal for a play at my school, so pretty tired. But oh, no, no, okay. So now we got to know. Now I got to know. We have owner of an esports team. We have a member of you know of, of of the kind of acting space. What are you doing in the play? I'm just curious. Um, singing, and I'm doing a kind of frat fraternity um kind of dance thing. Oh, that's awesome! I love that multi talented man we have with us tonight, Travis. Yeah. Rocking with us tonight. So. You know, I'm excited because we met through, a, 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 you know, family to you, but friend to me, uh, you know, commissioner of the Fan Control Football League, Ray Austin, uh, brought us yeah. together uh, and, and said, yo, I have I have Travis in my in, in my fam circle and I want to I want to, you know, introduce you all, you know, talk to me a little bit about who you are, um, you know, a, a, young, a young cat from the Chicago area. Is that correct? Yeah. Dope, dope, dope. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, you know, 
how you and why you started to 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 want to begin to 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 build an esports team. Well, um, so it's not really much to it, but a few years ago, I you know I noticed the esports scene blowing up, tournaments and stuff like that. I've always wanted to try and help people blow up while growing myself in my platform as well. So you know, I've tried to start an esports team, but I realized like you know, every esports team needs management and a good mentality to keep it going. So I will. I'm, unfortunately, I ended almost all of those esports teams. And recently, uh, I went to a team summit last year, and I met someone. Um, he gave me advice on how to start my own esports team and et cetera. And he helped me basically get it started again. And in under two months, we've grown to over 454 followers. So I want to go back a step because I think one of the things that I find really interesting about this is one, not only you're fairly young. How old are you now currently? 15. Okay, so like that alone is a big part of this conversation, right? I think you as a person who has decided and had the wherewithal to say, you know, I'm 15, I'm playing games, I'm I'm in the gaming space a lot, you know, probably playing with my friends and playing with my peers. What was the first layer that you kind of came to the conversation around esports in, in general? Oh, uh, well, if you could go a little more in depth about that kind of yeah, uh, about like, um, how did you find the esports space? Was it were you playing games like Fortnite or Apex or, or any of those things? Yeah, I was playing um, Fortnite on my iPad actually, and I was so like interested and caught up in like all the pros making money. You know, I wanted to get on that, and I tried to, but you know, I was like, I want to help people as well. Wow, you know, help myself. So, so what was the thing about playing Fortnite and seeing those pros, you know, make money and, and, and be kind of famous and stuff like that, that made you say, all right, this is a thing that at the age of 15, I want to take on and start to do myself. Um, you know, I mean, it was all basically about trying to help my mom, family and stuff like that. That's basically why I started to try and play games, etc. And the reason I started this esports team is basically to help as well for other people, help them pay for everything that they need, basically, stuff like that. So are you in your your like your peer group, right? So you have the folks that you play with yeah. all the time and you have a lot of the other folks who are probably around your age who are, you know, thinking about, you know, what does it mean to go pro, right? When you had those conversations, I believe you had conversations with Ryan from CX Community, right? Yeah. Shout yeah. out to CX Community. Those are, those are friends of the show as well. Talk to me a little bit about that conversation. What was the thing that made you go up to him and say, here's this idea that I have and and, and share with me, like, what did he say back to you when you kind of gave him the pitch? All right. So basically he was um, speaking at some type of interview thing with my friend Ian Brock. Um, and I asked a question about, cause he said he run that esports league and I'm asking like, how do I get myself started in the scene and stuff like that? And um, I asked him, if he could give me any advice on how to get started. And, you know, he basically said that no matter like what you do, just like never give up no matter what. And I know that's kind of based because a lot of people say that, but that kind of like stuck with me that day. So I, you know, I was able to um, go up to him on the side of the stage after his um, scene was done. And I asked him and he followed my Instagram and we just went from there. That's dope. I mean, Ryan is, is starting to become big time in the space. He's been doing so much yeah. good work, you know, with CX Muni. And I love everything they're doing in the HBCU space. Um, 
what's the first thing that you decided that you wanted to do? I think, you know, building an esports team is really hard. It's not a thing that's easy to do. But I think, you know, what were some teams that you were looking at to say, ooh, I really like what they're doing in the, t- in the esports space. Maybe we can do something that's fairly similar. Well, I know for a lot of kids, I was really interested in the esports team named FaZe Clan. Uh-huh. And I've always wanted to, you know, grind for that team. And I just saw what they were doing. I'm like, okay, I want to be as big as them or even, you know, a little bit better. You know what I mean? And um, so that's basically my inspiration. They're a team. And I've just saw what they've been doing in the scene for the last few years. They went through a little bit of backlash, but we're not going to get into that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. I mean, that's that's part of the the initial step, right? I think you see something that you want to emulate and you say, "Ooh, I wonder if we can do something like that in that way. Um, What was the, you know, first part of the process for you all besides, you know, coming up with a name, which, again, explain, you know, give the folks at home uh, a little bit of information about the name that you chose for your esports team and why you chose it. Well, I chose Take Back Control because I've always wanted to take back control of the gaming scene for, you know, minorities like me and et cetera like that. So I actually called my cousin one day. I'm like, I need help, man. Help me start this esports team. I want to get big. And we we started one and, you know, he didn't really keep up with it. So I had to take things into my own hand. But yeah, basically Take Back Control is just taking back control of the esports scene with people like myself. And how many players do you have now? Because the number is fairly impressive already. Yeah, we have like 30 30 players on our roster right now. Wow. You have 30 players already. That is wild. So, So talk to me a little bit as, you know, owner and founder of TPC. You know, I think one of the things that we see in the, the gaming space is when a new team comes to to the table, folks are saying, well, m- what makes this team different than a FaZe Clan or a TSM or, or something like that? If you were to describe TBC to someone else and say, this is what makes us dope or makes us cool, what would be the thing that you would say, you would say to people? I would say that it's just a very supportive team. That's what I was trying to make it very supportive towards the members and people outside of the team, even by people saying that they're grinding for the team, which we have a lot of grinders for our team, you know, just been supporting them. And they've been getting a lot of likes on their posts that they announced for grinding for our team. So, I mean, that's really all it is, a really supportive team. That's what makes us pretty different from others. Oh, that's dope, dope, dope. Are you are you playing alongside them when you're, when you're building out this yes, team? Yes, I am playing. I actually, uh, last month, I played in the Ian Brock New Teen Tech Live, and I won $600 from that tournament. Whoa, that's awesome. That's super cool. How, what, what game were you playing? Uh, Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite? Oh, okay, okay. Are you liking no build, or are you liking the build version? Uh, it was a no build tournament, but I usually play builds. I've played a lot of competitive in that um, scene, so... All right, so I'm going to have to bug you so you can teach me how to play build. I'm old now, and I can't play build anymore. I'm not good anymore at the building side of it. I'm like, please, don't don't shoot me. I'm trying to build this tower. Yeah, that's that's what a lot of people say. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I love that. So, you know, who are some of the other folks that are currently trying to help you along with this? Or is it really just a solo endeavor where you're like, I'm going to do this, and and I'm not not asking for a bunch of help? Or are you getting some help on, on the backside? I mean, uh, Ryan has paid for our jerseys, which I thank him a lot for that. Huh. Um, 
I mean, family and uh, friends, basically, you know, that's always a supportive background for me. And I actually have a few partnerships with companies uh, like W Energy, Buzz Controllers and um, Godspeed, which is our jersey manufacturer. That's awesome. So you already are pulling in sponsors for your team. That's that's amazing. Are are your I I know you're uh, on the East Coast, but is it kind of more East Coast centric or do you have players that are all around the country? Talk to me a little bit. We actually have a very like by like diversity, like when it comes to our team, that's what we have. We have two players, three players in Australia. We have five in America, few in um, Serbia. It's just a very kind of diverse roster. Uh, are your are your players playing a bunch of different games? Or are you kind of mostly focused on? Fortnite yeah, we right have now? we have um, Fortnite, Call of Duty, um, Overwatch roster, and we actually have a um, editing kind of roster thing for us to get like fire videos on and stuff like that. Oh, that's fantastic! So you're or so you're doing not only the layer of building the teams and getting them ready to play, but you also have a segment of the of the business that is already thinking about the content creation piece. Yeah. So, so talk to me a little bit about that part too, because that's a lot to, for you to do as a 15 year old in the space. Are you doing, are you doing that layer by yourself or are you kind of telling people to say, you know, I need your help here. I need your help there to kind of, you know, bridge those gaps. Kind of just doing a little bit, um, all of this kind of by myself, but I think it's been working out pretty well for, you know, young teen who has school and is practicing in the choir and stuff like that. I think I'm pretty doing pretty well for a young dude like me. No, you're doing a lot. <laughs> I'm like, how? I'm like, I would never be able to do the amount of stuff that you're doing at that age. You know, I'm, you know, yeah. almost four times that age at this point. So it's like, it's, it's dope <laughs> to see you pushing and, and finding good ways to do all that work like this. What's the hardest part right now for you in terms of, you know, building this team and getting it more visibility and and also kind of finding good ways to manage it while you have all these other things you're doing in your life? Well, um, the hardest basically part of this team is just it's a lot of like negativity in the esports scene, obviously. So like about a month ago, we went through a lot with a few members that kind of took the wrong things the bad way. And, you know, that's really the only really bad thing that's really going on right now. I think it's just there needs to be more positivity in the esports scene so people don't start losing their minds, stuff like that. <laughs> I, I appreciate that because it, it's it is really hard to manage other human beings right like the 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 ability to kind of be there for players and make sure that they feel good about that stuff you know how are you as the as the leader of of tbc kind of you know working with your players now to say like you know we're going to find ways to help you out if you're not feeling good you know if you had a bad loss you know that kind of stuff How, how are you kind of working in that space with with your players well, my team has a group chat um, where we all just talk. And the first things I say to them is, how is everybody doing? Because I know some people go through rough days sometimes and, you know, they don't want to talk about things. But I just want to make sure, like, all my team members are having, like, good mental health and et cetera like that. That's really – and I always always get to check up on their performance in tournaments and stuff like that. So I know they're doing good in whatever I recruited them for. All right. So do you have any folks who are playing fighting games in the, in, in the, the, the team so far? Nah, not yet. Even though I was thinking about uh, expanding to Brawlhalla, even though we have one player that's competing in the 100,000 tournament, Winter Royale, there. 
Um, yeah. Ooh, I would like to see that. I mean, like, I'm a big uh, fighting game fan, so so I'm always looking to see when people are, you know, playing in those spaces too. Um, the other part of this that I think is really interesting is not only how you're kind of focusing on, you know, minority groups, folks from underrepresented communities, but it also feels like with you all figuring out you know, how to get the content creation part uh, nailed down and then the game playing parts nailed down. Are there any other segments or any other things that you want to kind of pull into the team, like fashion or music or any of that kind of stuff too? Uh, yeah, I would like to probably launch a merch line sometime in the next year, but a lot of like merch companies, obviously they expect the big platform so they can make something out of it at least. So, you know, our Jersey company that we work with right now, we have hoodies, mouse pads and two main stage jerseys with them right now. But, you know, after this, we're going to try to work up to sweatshirts, sweaters, jogger pants and stuff like that. Well, what's the most fun part about doing this work? Is it is it just, just seeing? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just seeing like everyone grow, in my opinion, that's what's really the most fun part. Is seeing how everybody progresses in like the scene and stuff like that. That's really all I really started this team for. I really want to just see other people grow while you know growing my platform, like I said earlier. Well, how did your when you when you said this to your parents? What, what was the thing that you said to them to be like, I want to make an eSports team? What was the conversation that you had with them? Well, before I made Take Back Control, I, you know, brung it up with my mom before about all the other eSports teams that I have shut down, unfortunately. And, you know, obviously they're going to be like, how are you going to do this? How are you going to manage your time? How are you going to do school? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? And, you know, I had to say with this new team that I actually had like stability inside of the inside space. And yeah, that's, that's great. We're, we're, and they were super supportive when, when uh, your mom was super supportive. Yeah. They were, my, yeah. My mom is pretty supportive when it comes to this, my family and my grandma. Yeah. That's awesome. I love hearing stuff like that. Cause I know, man, I, I wish that I, my mom, when I was growing up would be like, I know you play video games and I know you have this idea for this thing that you want to do. Uh, but my, my mom was real old school. She would say, I need you getting them books. I need you to make sure yeah. you get your homework and get that stuff together. Them games ain't going to make you no money. And now I'm like, Haha. yeah, I heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy that you decided to keep going. I think, you know, at a space like this, and I want to give you some props because it's really hard to do what you're, what you're starting to do right now. And, with all the other things that you have on your plate, it is very rare to see someone as young as you with such business sense and savvy and understanding of what they want to do that it's really inspirational to a cat like me who's who's a little bit older and, and trying to see, you know, what the, the next generation of folks are going to be doing. Um, so I just, I just got to give you massive props and, and, and your family for, you know, supporting you and, and making this happen and, and doing some stuff in that space. So massive props to you, Travis, man. It's, it's really dope to see a young brother like you really pushing and making some dope stuff happen. That's cool. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot to me. It's, it's, it's real. It's real dope to be able to see that. I want to I want to um, ask you one more thing, because we're going to we're going to end the conversation now but i think one of the things i i want to do with the show and with with our conversation today is i want to find you some help 
I think we have a lot of folks who listen to the show, a lot of folks from, you know, everyone from the heads of Xbox and Sony to, to all these other folks who listen to our show. If there were a couple of things that you would ask the internet for to say, hey, we're trying to get to the next step of building TBC, what would be a couple of things that you would ask people for to say, give us this, if it's funding or if it's, you know, more visibility or if it's help with management, what would be a couple of things you would ask people for in terms of help? Well, you know, more management will obviously be an ask just because, you know, I can't, I've been doing my best to keep up with everything on my team and funding would probably be something else I would ask for just because more funding, more we can fly our players out to lands and you know, more we can get our name out there just because of how much we're going to be competing in the next coming years. That's super, super dope. I want, I want, to, I want to shout you out and, and give you a chance to tell people where to go find more information about TPC, T, TBC. I'm sorry. Where would people go to go find more information about what you're working on and what you're doing? Um, you can find us on Twitter at Take Back Control CTRLGGS. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Team TBC GGS. And um, that's really all we're really active on as I'm now going to get more socials in once I get everything down since I did just start this team. So, yeah. Well, what's the next tournament should you have players in right now? Um, we actually have our COD players in the um, league game right now. Ah. So They're yeah, playing right now really as we're recording? Game. Literally right now. <laughs> you are a busy young man, Travis. I gotta say, I'm like, I gotta get you out of here so you can go root on the team. I gotta, I wanna watch them play myself. Uh, <laughs> I got, I gotta go root them on myself. Um, Travis, uh, again, thank you so much for being with me uh, tonight on the show. I, I, I gotta say, you are inspirational, man. Like, it is really cool to see again a young brother who is taking on the mantle of saying, I want this space to be better. I want us to be represented in a real way. And and it's just super cool to see you doing any of the work in the space and know that you got a big fan in me and you got a whole bunch of folks going to be rooting for you to make this happen. And if there's anything you need at all, please let me know. Please let the internet know. and We'll figure out good ways to get you what you need to see this grow and, and make TBC one of the biggest esports teams on the planet, man. Thank you so much for being on with me tonight. No problem. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We get a chance to see this young man do his thing and grow into the space. And then you never know. You never know when you see young cats like this making making moves like this. So, uh, again, Travis, thank you so much for being here with us. Everybody at home, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that I've been playing. And we'll be right back after this. Hey, did you miss the Spawnies? I, I was buttering my biscuits and hanging out in the chat. What do, what do you want? Well, where can I catch it? I mean, you can go check it out on our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash spawn on me. Go check out the VOD. Go check out the vibes. And also go to twitch.tv slash spawn on me. You can check out all the fun that was happening in the chat when we did it live over there as well. So much love to you all. We'll see you on the chat. Peace.
Yo, welcome back to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. If you missed the first part of the show, you missed a fantastic conversation with one of my most inspiring guests that I've had on the show this year and probably for all of our 10 years of Spawn on Me, Travis Smith and the TBC Esports team. I am just like taken aback by that young man's brilliance doing all of this at the age of 15. What? That's madness. It is super, super, super cool to be able to see uh, him doing that kind of work. Um, I've had my hands on a PSVR 2 for a couple of days now. I am so happy with my purchase. It has been a thing that I have been waiting for for a long time as a person who was you know, at the forefront of the PSVR movement, got my PSVR headset when the first version came out and was super hyped for it. Now we have the second iteration of the hardware with all these new bells and whistles. And I'm telling you right now, it has been a fantastic purchase. And I haven't even played the major marquee game for it yet, which is telling me a lot about what we've been able to kind of get with this new piece of hardware uh, coming to us from PlayStation. So, I'm going to go into a, a little bit of, of what I've been feeling and what I've been checking out. Uh, the, the two major games that I've been playing so far have been Gran Turismo 7 that had a VR uh, add-on placed onto it. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of um, Tetris Effect, uh, which is now back in uh, into the mix. And there's a couple of the games that I haven't played yet because I've been trying to find a good space to play. So if you know... The studio is fairly small, so I've been playing downstairs in my in the in the the Spawn of Me studio as opposed to in my living room, which has a little bit more space, but there are more things to bump around in. And you know, I'm I'm lucky enough to have more than one PS5, so it's a, a thing where you know transferring games between one console and another is a pain in the butt. So I was like, well, if I'm gonna be down in the basement, I might as well play in the basement uh, and play in the studio. Because uh, this will be where most of that content gets made and, and, and done. But I, I I find now that I'm like, oh, I want to go play this in the living room where the ceilings are a little bit higher and I won't have to play seated uh, in that way. But what I will say is there's a couple of things that really pop out in uh, initially and, and right at the front is the visual fidelity on the PSVR 2 is a big huge boost in terms of visual fidelity than what you had in the previous game the pixels are smaller you don't have as much of the screen door effect you know it is comparable to a to a, a meta quest 2 at this point um and having that little bit of extra juice that pulls in from the console itself definitely feels really really different i love the design of the headset too because what they've done in a really smart way has given you a lot of the small bits and pieces that you want and they all kind of feel like they fit together really well. So like, for instance, uh, if you are using the headset and you want to listen to the audio, you used to have to plug headphones into a side jack on the original uh, PlayStation VR. This now has this really smart little like little pockets in the sides of the headset where you just kind of plug the earbuds in and they stay. Um, small little things like that, just from a design standpoint, feel really good and feel smart and, and feels like they are paying attention to, you know, the ergonomics of what it is and where things kind of sit. 
Um, and that was a really fun thing to be like, oh, that's a smart design p- decision that you made to kind of make that feel a little bit better and smarter. You know, one of the other conversations has always been about the the hand <clears throat> controllers, the new controllers on on the PlayStation VR two. Uh, if you watched Paris Lily's um, review of this, he had talked a lot about the the hands and how his big hands were problematic for it it doesn't really have that same issue for me i feel like maybe i have smaller hands than 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 him or uh you know they're just not as as chunky and meaty as him but i didn't have any problems with the you know fingers kind of overlapping the controller in a way that felt um like it was going to become an issue or any of that stuff it has just felt really, really good from top to bottom so far in terms of the audio, in terms of the eye tracking, in terms of the visual and, and, and fidelity feedback that you get within some of the, the trigger poles because it has that adaptive tech in the handset. I'm just really excited about what I've got a chance to play. And I'll say a game that is changed the way that I have thought about it and went from a game that I didn't care as much about into a game that I really care about is Gran Turismo 7. Gran Turismo 7 and being able to drive in VR and look over your shoulders and and see outside your windows and see the dash and see all the instrumentation, all those things in the cockpit. It's just game-changing. Like I just haven't driven in VR before, and it feels... Like the fidelity is just good enough to, you know, it doesn't it doesn't look like a super high def game in that way because you're playing in VR in comparison to what it looks like on the base console, but you really don't care when you start to play it because of the immersion of feeling like you have speed when you're rolling up behind a car or going into a turn or any of that stuff. It just feels. Like your body forgets, and that's the best part about VR is when your body forgets you have a helmet on and a headset on, you're just able to play within the space. It just feels so different um, in a way that is unlike any other experience that you wind up having. I haven't played um, uh, Horizon yet, um, Call of the Mountain. I will be playing that tonight and checking that out and having some thoughts. We'll maybe do some YouTube shorts or something about that uh, sometime soon, but... It has felt really, really cool to be able to kind of like have the hardware speak for itself and feel really good and also just be a thing that, you know, again, once you get lost in the immersion, you just really come to it and say, oh, wow, like this is very special. Like this is a special moment that we have in the video game space, especially if you are a person who loves VR. Um I think one of the things I'm really excited to play is to go back into Resident Evil and see how that feels because it has a Resident Evil Village has an add-on for that where that is going to feel really cool. I remember playing uh, Resident Evil 7, I think it was, um, in VR, and that was a scary and amazing experience. I, I, you know, having characters roll up on you and you have to really figure out like what are you going to do in the situation when it feels like it's coming directly towards you with a game like 8 and Village some of those monsters I'm thinking about that game now and going back into my brain and being like oh those fights are going to be cool in VR like those are going to be some fun moments in in a VR space to be able to like play in and, and play around in so you know, so far, I think my early response and early review of the PlayStation 
VR2 is that it feels really, really cool. I'm really excited for that in a, in a bigger way. Um, fan of the show and friend in our chat, Arctic says, have you watched any media with the PSVR2? Not yet. I've been thinking about, because they basically have this thing that's, uh, you know, you can play any non-VR game in the VR headset. It basically makes it like a huge screen in front of your eyes. Um, I've been meaning to check out some stuff like that that's been like, you know, what does 2K look like in the VR headset? What is, you know, some of those other games that are, you know, first-person shooters feel like in that in that respect. Um, it's a weird thing because I, I just remember playing something and because you wind up losing some fidelity, it doesn't feel as fun. Uh, so you have to like basically make the screen kind of further away than you would want. You'd, you would think you'd want it kind of as close so you feel like you're in that IMAX theater perspective. But um, it feels like you kind of want to move it in a different direction. You want to move it away from you to kind of feel like the fidelity feels as good. But I'm going to try it out. I'm going to play some movies in it and stuff and see. Um, what it feels like in there, you know, check out some YouTube content and stuff like that and see how that, how that looks. Maybe I'll even watch the spawnies in H in, in VR and see, you know, how it feels and if it feels weird or funky in any way. But so far, you know, and we'll be talking a lot about this in our discord and other places, but you know, we'll be, we'll be discussing this, but I, I feel so far, like it has been worth the money. Like I, I knew going in that it was expensive and I knew going in that it was going to be a, a very different experience in, in general. And so far, I feel like it has been amazingly cool to be able to, uh, you know, play games like Gran, Gran Turismo and feel like I'm experiencing games that I had before in a different way, which is super, super cool. Um, last thing that I want to talk about before we get up out of here for this episode of Spawn of Me and a game that I'm really loving is Atomic Heart. Atomic Heart. Man, if this game does not win an award for art design or visual design in the next coming year, that it got robbed in the biggest way. It is one of the most beautiful, weird, funky looking games I've ever seen. And I think that the things that they were trying to do with this game in terms of showing this dystopian version of Russia that is creepy and weird and pulls in all these kind of like Bioshock-esque vibes to it while kind of connecting in a way that 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 is, you know, very much its own kind of space. I, it just it just is a cool game, man. Like I know that there has been some controversy about some cartoons that have been in the game that, that had some potential racist overtones. Uh, there's also been some conversations about like where did they get the money? Is this a Russian? Is a Russian-owned game? And where did the Russian developer get the money for the game and all that kind of stuff? Yes, I understand that there are some conversations there. I I kind of don't care. <laughs> I'll be honest. The game just looks and plays so well. I kind of don't give a shit. I like. I know that people are going to be mad about that. And I know people are going to beef about it. Honestly, right now the biggest issue is the game doesn't. The game looks good on on PC. I've been playing on my Xbox and playing on Game Pass, and I've been going back and forth between the share between the saves there. Um, but the the PC version it just is doesn't fit my screen well. I have a big forty nine inch one of those really big ultra wide 
uh, uh, PC, so I'm a huge edge case in this conversation. Uh, but the, it doesn't really have a, a, a good FOV slider, which is also a little bit problematic. Um, it doesn't let me really like back the camera out in a way that actually lets me play. It's like the camera is right here with my hand because you have this glove that you have on the on the camera and your weapons take up a big space. It is a really big uh, camera. Uh, it's like way in your face, which is not really helpful. But story seems interesting so far. The enemies are creepy as hell. It is really cool. I haven't even gotten outside yet, and everything on the inside of these buildings is just like really well made and really just like they did some fun stuff in this game. And I think, you know, in a in a way that that makes me excited for what this potentially could be. And I hope they get another chance to make another version of it. It seems like it's doing well in terms of sales, but I think Munfish as a team. They really have impressed me with this game so far. Again, it's not it's not gonna be monumental in a way where you're like, oh my god, I was just so enraptured with the conversation and, and, and the details and that stuff. I don't think it's gonna do that. But I do think if it's a game that you're looking for that's like really fun combat, smart kind of, you know, enemy AI stuff, you know, really interesting in the way that they're kind of tackling some of the things and and just has style in a way that I haven't seen in a lot of games have in a really long time, then Atomic Heart is a really dope game. I, I think it's on the edge of potentially being a, a, a part of the game of the year contender uh, conversation. Um, but I do think it is something that you should check out, especially if you have Game Pass. Like if you have Game Pass, there's no reason why you shouldn't go check this game out because it is pretty phenomenal in terms of what they've been trying to do the other part of this game that it needs it needs a photo mode bad if there was a game that needed a photo mode this game needs a photo mode i am sitting here waiting and and anticipating for the day they patch that in because they do i'm gonna lose my mind there's gonna be nothing but ridiculous screenshots all over the place i know on pc you can you can mod some of that stuff and do some of those things i've been doing some of that with the new dead space game this way's remake um but this game if there was one that needed a photo mode immediately it would be atomic heart i have been very very excited for that in a big way um last thing that i wanted to talk about while before we get up out of here for for the show um is the state of play sony state of play was really well done uh, a couple days ago uh we got a, a a new better look at the um uh at the uh suicide squad kills the uh kills the justice league game which i thought was really interesting i don't know if that moved the needle for me i don't know if it made it something where I want to play it more or I want to play it less. And I don't think it's because a lot of people got mad about the whole conversation around the, you know, always on uh, internet connectivity that it needs to have to, to, to play. I am less mad about that thing. And I'm not really mad about the fact that there's like gear score and you need to, you know, basically level up a whole bunch of stuff. I think with a game like that, with the variations of costumes and stuff that's canon and not canon, it could be really, really cool to see what they come up with from a gear perspective and a visuals perspective. As long as that stuff isn't, you know, pay to win or any of that kind of stuff, and you have a co-op gameplay, layer gameplay, I think that game is still going to be fine. I think the thing that stood out, though, from State of Play was 
Street Fighter Six. My God, Street Fighter Six looks good. Street Fighter Six looks like it's going to be and give a run for the money for all the fighting games in 2023. I think this year is going to be one of the biggest and best uh, years for fighting games we've seen in a decade by far. You know, it got leaked or leaked um, uh, from WB's earning call that we're going to get at least uh, an announcement or no, we're going to get Mortal Kombat 12 before the end of this year. Uh, which for me as a big MK fan is a huge deal because we've been waiting to see what NetherRealm is going to be bringing to the table. And now Street Fighter Six is going to really have to go to head-to-head with MK and back and forth um, in a way that we haven't seen before, which I think is going to be really fantastic and going to bring some dope conversations to the fighting game community who are finally going to be able to eat in a real way especially after Capcom announced that they will be giving $1 million to the winner of the Capcom Cup uh, coming up into the next year. Nuts that that's going to be a conversation that we're going to dig into before the year's end. So I think we're in a really fantastic spot right now. I think fighting games are going to have a renaissance this year in a big way. Uh, I think the esports space is going to be really... Uh, connected in a way that we haven't seen before. I think we're going to see a lot of old competitors come out of the woodwork and, and, and jump into the fold and, and, and get in there and rock. Um, and Sony State of Play, I think, was a great showing for what this was supposed to be, um, you know, which wasn't going to be, you know, a major mega dump of, of info, but it was a really good look at some of the things that are coming to the table in a bigger and broader way. Um, and I'm just really excited for what those things are going to be. So that's it for this episode. We're going to have show links for all of Travis's uh, fantastic work in the show notes. Um, We've been having some conversations as well in the back end uh, about now that we are, you know, almost out of our fan bite contract, what that's going to mean for Spawn on Me and the show. Uh, So please make sure you're subscribed to the show and we're going to be potentially moving feeds again. Um, so you might need to basically uh, hit the button again and res- resubscribe. It might be a thing that you have to do. We're going to try to make it so that you don't have to do that. Um, but, you know, there won't be any downtime once we make that changeover. It's not happening just yet, but it's a thing to be thinking about, you know, moving into the future. Uh, and yeah, like it's going to be a lot of fun stuff moving down the pipe. I'm going to be going to a couple of events around some really big games very, very soon. Uh, we'll be talking more about that. You know, if you love me and you really care about the show, please shout out and tag Ed Boone and be like, Ed Boone, we'd love to see you come on the spawn on me this year to talk about Mortal Kombat when you can. Because uh, I'm going to be hounding that man <laughs> to try to get him on the show finally uh, in year 10 of the show. As always, thank you to everyone listening in podcast land. Thank you so much for supporting us. Again, we are now, we have one more day left uh, within uh, Black History Month. So make sure you're checking us out in the Apple Podcast Store. We've been featured in there uh, in the In Everything section. So make sure you're checking us out and spreading the love on that side. Everybody who's rocked with us tonight at twitch.tv slash spawn on me in the chat, bringing the love, putting your biscuits in the chat. Uh, Massive love to you every time that you come and rock with us on the show. Now that I've gotten settled, we've had a lot of the things that I needed to do out of the way with Spawnies and all the other stuff. I can actually stream more of the show and, and, and nail down and be more 
uh, consistent with the show uh, on on the visual form and finding good people to kind of rock with and do some of that work. So until then, have a great rest of your night. Thank you so much for listening to the show this week and every week. Hope you have a fantastic week. Wash your hands, wash your butt. There'll be more conversations on Twitter and in our Discord uh, about more things that are coming up very, very soon. And until then, much love and peace.